You ever heard the phrase of eat the mic? You've heard the phrase. Of course he has. He works at <laughs> Wendy's. There was, so I'm not going to say any names, but there was a guy that uh, back when I used to do audio. <clears throat> yeah, shut up. There no, was, we were both doing <laughs> this. Yeah, we, were like, <laughs> we were like dazing at you. Back when I used to do audio at a church, there was a guy who would hug his mic like, like on it. Yeah, eat the mic. But you'd walk up to his mic to go put it back on charge, and you could just smell like everything that he had eaten the night before on the mic. Damn. You know, it was worse than like, that. It was so disgusting. But my pro though. audio days, dealing, I was getting emails, and I was hoping Don't care. a PO. Don't care. I can I can look for a no, PO on this podcast. <clears throat> no, you can't. Why not? Singular focus, man. Okay, that's the only way you succeed. You can't chase two rabbits. I chase five million rabbits every day. And that explains why you're starving. You ain't got a single rabbit. <laughs> I collect multiple rabbits, thank you. Yeah. <coughs> By chance. But then you all take them from me. <laughs> Give me the rabbit. Give me the rabbit. Jeez. So yeah. we're here, back in the Shayla Tech podcast. That was our opener. Morning. Uh, week number two. Two. Dose. 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 <laughs> this would be like week number 37, something like that. If we were on the... Yeah, if we had kept... Kept on. Give it yeah, gas podcast. I want to know more about the Give It Gas podcast. I want to know what was the dynamic? How did that work? What, what did you guys lie about? <laughs> Didn't lie about anything. I talked about life. Talked about life? Yeah. So no, you, we just talked about what was going on um, with, the, with this and the retail store and just trying to explain the battles and hurdles that we're going through and the wins that we're going through and all that. And retail is a monster all its own, no question. Yeah. Yep. I always said I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and again. Then you did. <laughs> and here we are doing it. Yeah, yeah, but it's different than a retail store. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we've had conversations that we're going to do it again. We talked about <laughs> it. Yeah. Hey, can we complicate our lives more? Let's yeah. deal with the individual customer, <laughs> not just the masses. Well, we already do deal with the individual customer. I don't. And by <clears throat> we, I mean Dylan. we already deal with the individual <laughs> Although I will so say, I'm in retail, but I don't deal with retail. Yeah, he's, Dylan has worked a, a, a specific angle that's pretty decent. Yeah, um, you have a shop, you have a counter. A human walks up to the counter. You have to engage the human. Dylan's learned that if he doesn't actually have to see the person, he can ignore that phone for 12, 14, 18 hours yeah. minimum. You know, that, that's actually the one um, thing I didn't like about the store is like. No matter what, you're opening, and you're oh, yeah. open for those hours, yeah. whether somebody comes yep. in or not. Um, gunsmith. Then, yeah. I got a door, got a counter, got the whole nine yards. And there were days where you're just like, hmm, I think I'm going to go fishing. Or, <laughs> But then that overwhelming sense of guilt, like, the door's not open. I can't I, get business. I can't get a job. Like, Silence that, your phone, bro. That was, oh, that was my watch. See, what's going to be funny is... I don't know that yeah. any part of that's going to be funny. Yeah. Do it, do it, just. I always hit the wrong button on the watch. I don't know what to hit. He also doesn't know how to hit the reply button in the emails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm just. Time to go. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah, but it, this was the worst part. Even outside of those hours, although those mon- mundane, like, days when you didn't have a lot of work to do because you're still, like, growing, but you can only do so much in the growth. Sorry, I know we're not supposed to be on our phones. Are you kidding me right now? Sorry. Okay, okay. Backstory. Um, death in the family this week, and my mother is just now, like, getting to the airport to fly out to deal with it and stuff uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You're going to learn to cope. I mean, I think you're learning to cope at the moment. Uh, yeah, I am. No question. Um, 
Um, so yeah, I wouldn't. There would be the days time where wasters. I would like to. Uh, I'd like to not go in. And you, every business owner, I run this place. I can come and go as I please. No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you're you can't. owned. You're you're as much of a uh, a captive to that that bench or that machine. Hell, we do it now. Dude, you a know? nine to five is so much easier than a business owner. Oh yeah, no question. <laughs> My wife, I love her to death. But uh, when she moved here, she works in public health. She's a nurse. And when she worked, moved here, um, you know, she got a job at the health department, just like, you know, where we came from. Right. But the culture is so much different. Um, now, <clears throat> she is a forgotten individual. Careful what you say. No, no, no. Uh, She's going to come home a couple of weeks from now and be like, somehow randomly, one of my employers ran across your podcast. Yeah. And I now don't have a job. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> thanks, Tim. <laughs> You've ruined my life in so many ways, and yet you find new ones every single day. <laughs> um, no, but the time wasters were the worst, and I know you had it in, oh, your, in your world. The, it was always the old guys. The, old guys who come in and just like, they're retired. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, they are. I found they two talk. very specific things in the gunsmithing world. Okay, I did it for over a decade. And the, the two very specific things that I've noticed, okay, is one... Every single one of them asks a question, right? Sounds legit, right? They're not looking for an answer. They're looking for validation of their opinion. Such a 32 caliber is probably one of the best carry uh, calibers out there. That's not open-ended. You weren't asking what I want, you know, like, what do I need to input on this? You just want me to go, as a qualified gunsmith who's been plumbing guns for blah, 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 you're right. I don't know how I could have survived without that tidbit of knowledge. Thank you very much. It's, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And then the other guy, you're just like, huh, I'm not much of an anti-2A kind of guy. Like, I'm all for, like, let's, let's arm everyone. And there's some guys, you're just kind of like, you don't need to have a gun. <laughs> I'm surprised that you're still here. You're removed from that equation. Yeah. It's, it Someone's going to call us out on the spot on this for this. But <coughs> no, no, no. I disagree. I disagree. Every one of them, unless you're the window licker, uh, <laughs> every one of the guys in the industry are going to go like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I met that guy. That bitch should not have a gun. <laughs> I don't trust him with a butter knife, let alone a damn. I had a few of those when we had the FFL in the store. Mm-hmm. And... I don't like being the end seller of, like, I did not like that position. Well, you feel like there's a sense of, uh, well, you can either be blasé about it and be like, look, man, it's a paperweight. What you do with that paperweight is entirely up to you. Right. The other is, I'm pretty sure this dude's going to suck start this shotgun (laughs) tonight, and there ain't shit I can do about it. Or, like, he's going to go, like, kill somebody else with it. I've never met that guy. Really? Uh, no, in, I had, in the decade I was there, I don't think I ever met one person who honestly, I... Honestly, like, I had, I, I specifically vividly remember two different females dealing with it. Hmm. They wanted to come, they had no knowledge whatsoever, but they came in, and that was that. But actually, the crazier one, and I told you about this back in the day, um, was the, uh, I'm going to call him a kid, because he was a kid, the kid that became a cop that wasn't 21 yet, and he went to an agency that... You were there when this happened, I think. No, you weren't. You weren't there when we had our FFL. Anywho, he um, went to an agency that was so small that they had to buy their own guns. The agency didn't supply guns. 
I don't even know what town that was around Ocala, but it was one of those. Reddick. And <laughs> it was not, thankfully, Reddick. Uh, we're going to put Reddick behind us in life. Um, but uh, he, uh, he came in. He's like, I need to buy a Glock whatever. I don't know. And I'm like, you're not 21. He's like, I know, but my agency said I need to buy one. And I'm like, this is a setup. I know it right now. I'm pretty sure this is a straw purchase. Who's going to walk in the door behind you? It, you know, it's kind of screwed up that in the gun community, <clears throat> there is like that uh, underlying uh, current of like, I am being set up. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hate to sound paranoid, but like to a person, like almost across the board, you're either like, everyone's like, no, you can't do that. You know, wait, who are you? Are you ATF? You CIA? I forgot my tinfoil hat. Like, you know, like there's always, and I think that with the guns and with the regulations of guns, everybody's concerned about the pitfalls. And the people who aren't concerned about the pitfalls, you couldn't make a law to stop them doing whatever the hell it was they were going to do to begin with. Like, yeah. it's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. Um, I know I got accused of being a, a fed. When I started gunsmithing. You look like a fed. I don't look like a fed. <laughs> I'm the furthest thing from a fed. Let's take a vote. Dylan, hmm? does he look like a fed? Look, he does not get a Chad, vote. does he look like a fed? Yeah. It's the hat. What? It's the hat. The blue jacket. That's even worse, actually. Never mind. Face. Put the hat back on. You look, <laughs> <laughs> you look way more like a fed now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Comment below. Sure. No. Wherever you see Is this. Tim a fed? Does Tim look like a fed? Not is he a fed? Does he look like a fed? Yeah, definitely not a fed. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they paid me, yeah. <laughs> you know, money talks. I would be a fed, <laughs> right? Um, but no, in the in the gun world, it's interesting how there's so many things that like you're responsible for. You know, hell, we build stuff. Every one of them I look at, I go, "Is this gonna hurt somebody?" And not like in an active, uh, proactive way, but like, did I do everything right? Did I check everything? Is there every, just on the liability yeah, side? Yeah, on the liability side. Every rifle that I ever built, I pull the trigger first and make sure everything is going to work. Check pressure signs on brass. Check accuracy. Do all the, you know, little, okay, I'm comfortable letting this go. And, but there was always that one brain cell going, are you sure you put the extractor in? Like, there was always that one little thing. But that's almost fuel for success. Because yeah. you're always questioning, did I do the right thing? Did I yeah. make sure? Did I double check? You know, you know I used to always have that like same, I still do have that same thought process. And the only way I, I sleep at night, and this is going to be like a weird correlation, but it is, is like um, all the other manufacturers of things that aren't firearms that also still have like a high liability. Oh, all the people that like GM mm -hmm. makes cars, those cars, you know, wreck every single day. But even like outside of that, like the manufacturer making the tire, like how do those guys sleep at night going like, am I sure that those tires aren't going to just randomly pop on the, like going down the highway at 80 miles an hour and yeah, the car like flips and rotates and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what this is called, but you're currently imposing your worldviews and your, the conditions that you walk through life with on everyone else around you. And I don't know that we get the luxury of doing that because that guy who's making the tires is probably like... Five o'clock. No, no, no. I'm talking I'm about the, the guy at the top who like has hired the people. Oh, no, no. The, no, the guy at the top he is doesn't a care anymore because he's like big yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like I have a team of lawyers. Yeah, let them burn. Don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's how in my brain I correlate. I was like, there's tons of things out there in this world that have a high liability of destroying you overnight. Um, 
working retail, what was the weirdest thing you had to deal with? Outside of the gun stuff? No, like sp- that- let's keep it in the gun world. Let's keep it in the gun world. Who, do you have a, a memorable individual that you, uh, you get to see or hang out with? Outside or of that to- cop? Yeah. Um, outside of the girl who legitimately was trying to um, buy a gun that day because she was going to... Um, like defend herself she said against you know and I, like it was its own like maybe she had every right to like it was a, sure. a bad relationship and everything so she did but like cool off period thankfully in florida without a concealed like kind of got me out of that one i just did not want to be a part of that situation you know what the screwed like, up thing is that dude could have still died but because you got a three-day like window you're like i'm absolved I yeah, think, I, and I, it's I took no part in that. Like, you could then you could argue like that's what the the Second Amendment is about is like for her to defend herself. Mm-hmm. But like she also came off like kind of cuckoo in the whole situation. Like you are crazy yourself. So like that's what gave me weird vibes. It wasn't like a hey, I'm you know in a bad environment. It's like no, no, no. You're part of that bad environment. So that and then um, I just had a few gun guys that you know just would not stop. And here's the thing. It's more of a, we talk about this, that there, there's level of like gun nut knowledge mm-hmm. or just gun nut individual. Like you get Dylan and I, we enjoy shooting. We go out. We can appreciate something that like functions really well. It's fun, just peacefulness. That's where we lie. And I like making the cool stuff that we make and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And you have the next level that's like, I'd say you. Like you have knowledge in it. You study it, you read it. We can talk about calibers, you can talk about specs, you can talk about stuff all day long. And then you have the next guy who like lives, eats, breathes. Like if we're not talking about guns, I'm, I'm a recovering. What are we talking about? I'm a recovering about? that guy. Well, we can talk <laughs> about cars and trucks and like you'll go out on the boat or something like that. I'm talking about the guys that like all they do all day, every day. Like if, if, you know, Springfield's dropping a pistol at the end of 2024 and there's a press leak about, like, leak about it that came out on like Springfield's forum yeah. 26.3.org, <clears throat> right? Like they know about it. Yeah, I'm, there's no question. I'm definitely that guy, but recovering. recovering. <laughs> because there was, especially when I was doing retail, you know, when I was standing on a gun counter, uh, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a tool. You know, that I could be like, okay, I know I need to get a hold of that rep and get that part in here. That way I can get it sold. I need to butter up that guy. I need to call that guy and go, hey, if I can land one of these, are you in? Do you want one? Because if I can get one pre-sold, I might be able to land five of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it was always – and um, salesman at heart, like that's kind of like, you know, kill, conquer, overtake. Like that's always part. And I'm always working the angles. Like it's not just about being knowledgeable on – the firearms industry or guns specifically, but it also, uh, there's that salesman in me that's kind of like, okay, if I get that one, it, and some of the larger manufacturers were some of the worst to deal with, like, I need that gun. And the rep would be like, you can have that gun. With these 30 but others. But you have to buy 30 upland shotguns. That like, are not like, like they're going to sit yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the, the, the owner of the shop is going, Tim, did you just write a PO for $37,000 worth of over-under shotguns? Like, what, what are you doing? You're like, I needed that one. Yeah, it's called that customer. Broker. Okay, we're going to dump them all on Gun Broker. 
Right. Yeah, no, or like becoming a Glock stocking dealer. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to buy all of these other ones. Yep. And I'm like, all I cared about were the I need 19s, G19s and 17s. 17s, 43s, 48s. But you need all these other like competition ones, and you're taking three of these and three of these, and I just... Yeah, it's kind of a racket. It's I don't kind think of a people <laughs> understand either like the small gun shops or any gun shop really it's just like a Glock 19 you made like 15 bucks on right if you were lucky we were in the boot business the pant business the duty gear business like I'd rather sell boots all day long over guns period I think the money for any gun shop is all in the accessories but in the world of e-com like it's just it's crushing the smaller guy and it's not really like it's almost like why fight it well, Almost. there is no fighting it. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I love going to a gun shop. There's something awesome, especially uh, not like huge gun shops. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely love PSA. I love walking in there. You got everything. It's a smorgasbord, right? But I like really going to the small gun shops. We got one in Rankin that's really good. Where you walk in and you're just kind of like, that's chambered in 351. I haven't seen one of these in 15 years. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Or that's a, a 310 Henry Cadet. Cool gun. Had a guy bring me one of those in mint condition one time, a Henry uh, little drop block, uh, yeah. single shot, in 310 Cadet. And this thing was pristine. And he's like, I wanted to shoot something else. And I go, what do you want? And he goes, I want to be able to walk into any Walmart, pawn shop, whatever, and buy ammo for it. And I was like, all right, had to put my brain on it. And we got that barrel, the original barrel, redrilled and re- um, uh, rifled for 357 Magnum. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it was such a cherry gun when it was all done. There's a few guns that I built or had had, you know, ha- had possession of at one point in my career where I'm just kind of like, all right, I don't need this, but my man, I really want that gun. So I had a Korth semi-automatic come through and it was great too because this guy- what? Korth. Korth. Yeah. Okay. Um, and a lot of people are familiar with the fact that they do revolvers, but they don't know that they made a roller-delayed blowback 1911 semi-auto. I'm not ignoring you. I'm looking it up. I need to have a reference. Um, I think even with pictures, you're going to be lost. Like, you're just going to be like, cool, that takes a magazine and has a danger end. Cool. <laughs> huh. Korth semi-auto 9mm. Yeah. And That's interesting. It's like a mashup of... Yeah, look at the price tag on that thing. Well, what's this? Well, it's, this is Reddit, so... Guns.com. Either way, but Hashtag even, not sponsored. Yeah, right. <laughs> even with that, though, like, it, the small shop in town, he has all kinds of stuff, but then I also talk to a lot of people that they're like, I love going in there. I love talking to them. So knowledgeable. Really cool things. But I can't afford anything in there. Yeah, that's the unfortunate side effect. Like, yeah. I love talking... Well, I say that. You, it's a coin toss when you walk into a small town gun shop. It, am I dealing with the king of all FUD lore? Or am I talking to a historian, a guy who's actually been around, knows stuff like me in 20 years, if I can somehow manage to not get ass cancer between now and then. <laughs> so, um, like, it, it's always interesting. It's always interesting. Um, and the stories that get told, too. You know, it's like you hear guys tell you stuff, and then you've got stories yourself. Oh, man, dude, I'm going to forget one time. Um, guy walked in, hey, man, I need to blah, blah, blah. And this guy literally looked like he walked off the set of The Departed. I mean, straight Boston dude, okay? He's got the, the, the jail tats, the whole nine yards. Like, he, 
is a criminal. Okay, you can as much as you go, you look like a fed. This guy was like, I'm pretty sure he's put somebody in a swamp before, just outside, you know, off the dock in Boston somewhere. And um, you get like as a salesman, you have to read your people. You got to know who they are. So like, I'm talking to him, and I noticed that the tattoos are starting to be removed, and like they've been started to be lasered off. And um, <clears throat> talking to him, what gun you looking for? How you doing? And of course, your immediate red flag. You're just kind of like. I don't know if he's going to pass background check. Like, this, am I wasting my time? Right. And he said something, and I went, he's not a criminal. This dude is undercover. He's UC. There's no choice around it. So um, as he's talking, I was like, uh, so what, were you in Boston? Or, uh, uh, like, what agency were you with? And, he, I mean, like, record skip. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, great. holy <laughs> shit, I just got popped. And, like, and I was like, I don't care. I don't know nothing. I don't know anybody any from anywhere. But, like but that, I do. That moment of recognition of, like, your cover's blown. <laughs> like, but obviously, he was in for a very long time doing whatever it was he was doing, and he's out. Like, hell, he's in Florida, for crying out loud. He's not in Boston. Right. But uh, yeah, that, that was a very interesting moment. Where, the syndicate's all up and down the East Coast, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. <laughs> He's still in. But that He's was getting paid better now. That was one of those moments where it's kind of like powers of observation. You're just kind of like nailed it. No, you Got can it. like you spend enough time behind a retail counter, you learn to read people real fast. Uh-huh. Even just outside of the gun world. You yep. know who's purchasing, who's there wasting your time, who's price shopping you, all that stuff. It's I had just, a, a beautiful girl come in and I'm talking like knockout and of course gun stores, beautiful women are like, you know, doll hairs. They're just fine, fine, fine. You're never gonna find them. Um she comes in, and of course, I'm Johnny on the spot. Hey, how you doing? What can I do? How can I help? What, can I, what are you going to get today? You know. And of course, the other guys are looking across the counter at like, look at this fucking nitwit. <laughs> like, he's married. He couldn't. He, there's no way he's pulling anything like that. And I'm, of course, I don't want to. I just want to engage in the conversation and act like I can. Yeah. You know. I'm not kidding. Just the small cues that I picked up from her. Like next thing I know. She is rocking a full race rig, a full STI race rig. And they're like, why are you selling her this double stack 1911? She's 98 pounds soaking wet. Because she went, can outshoot you all yeah, day long. That's say, why. Because she actually knows how to shoot. Okay, now go back to polishing your knob. Like, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing here. Um, actually, she and I, we actually became like friend adjacent, you know? Um, I don't know if you know her. Um, I've forgotten her name because of alcohol. Um, but uh, we called her Gixer Girl because she rode a GSXR in town. In Ocala? Yeah. No, I don't know. Tiny girl. And I mean, zero care about falling off that bike. I mean, none. Well, yeah, she's 98 pounds. She just kind of blop, blop, blop. So. Oh, she got clipped, though. She Did definitely, she? yeah, I saw her about a year after I sold her that STI. And she'd come in, and I saw her hand was kind of jacked. And I'm like, damn, girl, what happened? She goes, uh, I got T-boned. And I was oh. like, what? And she goes, yeah, I had to have, I got like 70 pins in my leg and screws. And like, they're still working on the hand to see if they can get it back. And I'm like, damn, you were hot. Now you're just all mangled and shit. <laughs> like, I love you, but you're tougher than any dude I know. Yeah. Like, no question. So, mm. um, so working at that gun shop. I don't know if I've told you guys this story or not, but, um, as the gunsmith for that shop, 
that was kind of where I cut my teeth learning how to put on sites and do stuff like that. Um, guy walked in on a Friday. Deer season's opening up. He needs a gun. No problem. Get you hooked up. Sell him a Savage rifle, and they hydro-dip him. Okay? So it's all camoed and everything. He comes back Saturday morning bright and early. Pissed. And I mean, this dude's fuming. You wouldn't believe the deer I missed. I pulled the trigger on this gun, and it did not fire. I'm, I mean, hostile. Buck fever, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but I mean, this dude was Buck fever. off. Okay? And I was like, I don't understand it, man. I, I, I mean, it's a brand new gun. Literally came out of the box. I Call you, Savage. You could have test fired it. I don't know. So he's like, I, but genuinely, as Wait, a customer service agent. Real quick, can you imagine somebody literally went out hunting and he did, didn't even. Never fired it before. Never fired the no. gun before he got in his stand and went. I, I, maybe that's on me. Uh, maybe the no, it's not laser on. bore sight that I did was more than enough to check the box for him. He's like, I got it in the bag now. Don't worry about it, honey. We're eating all year. That's nuts in itself. Okay, anyways. Brings back in. I'm like, dude, I don't understand. Let me see if I can figure out what happened. And, you know, anytime I'm, like, handed a little, like, mystery, okay, cool. Especially a gun one. Like, it didn't what? It doesn't how? Okay, cool. So <laughs> I pull it apart, pull the bolt apart, and inside of the bolt, I actually find hydro dip material like evidently they dipped the whole thing and i don't know how it got in there but there was camo hydro dip on the spring for inside of the inside of the savage bolt see them taking a the whole gun whole gun just <laughs> yep manufacturing so, uh, gotta speed up this process so I, I cleaned that up put it all back together you know everything seems to be working fine and i'm like dude i don't know why don't know how but it got in there and that i think is what caused the problem i'm gonna Walk across the street to the test tank. I'm going to shoot this thing, and we're going to, you know, get you back up and running. Hopefully, you'll get that deer. He goes, all right. So grab a handful of shells, walk across the street, open up the – there was a whole house over there that was uh, rented as, like, the storage, whatever, and it had a, a trap, a bullet trap. So <clears throat> this is a hunting rifle, long barrel, stock, a whole nine yards. Um and they have literally put millions of rounds into this bullet trap. Big two-inch thick steel angle plate and a bullet catch drum at the bottom, the whole nine yards. Was it a snail-like style Not a one? snail. Okay. Okay. It literally was like a 45-degree plate inside of a box, and underneath of it was like a, a drum full of sand and tire material and stuff so that the bolt would go in and then it would... So down. I've heard part of this story before, but I don't remember. Is it the shop that I'm thinking it, yeah. it was? Yeah. Okay. The fact that you trusted that is. Well, here's the kicker. <laughs> At that point, I knew no better. Like, I just did not At know At that point, it was probably the top shop in town, too, oh, right? without question. There was no meaningful, like, flags to go, hey, something's not quite right here. You know what I mean? I um, mean that Jimbo built that in the backyard? Yeah. <laughs> but the boy knew how to weld because everything on it looked good. Um, so I got the rifle. I'm a good 10 feet away from this thing because, you know, like I don't want any issues, any splatter no or whatever. <laughs> Throw a couple rounds in it. Bam. Bam. And third shot. Pull the trigger. And I thought the gun had blown up. Like it was this concussive force of like I just got punched in the face like something happened and I'm like and I look down expecting to see the scope off metal 
like all pillowed up, like smoke, and nothing. Gonna look fine. I was like, what happened? What happened? And I went and set the gun down, and then when I went and set the gun down, I saw blood just on the concrete. And I was like, what the? What? <laughs> I'm like, oh, good night. I'm shot. Walk back across the street, walk in, and I was like, call 911. I need an ambulance. And I walk over, and I go like this, look in a mirror, and I got a hole in my neck. Stick a thumb in it. Uh, yeah, it was large enough to stick my thumb in. But, I'm like, I'm freaking now. Like, trying to stay calm because my brain is doing this, like, don't go into shock. Don't let any – and I'm not, like, sh shooting, so, like, I know I haven't nicked an artery. Or at least I, that's my immediate judgment. <clears throat> but I'm worried, what if I get air in? Like, if I could get an air emboli, I'm just going to be, like, you know, a vegetable. That's it. Yeah, done. Checking out, boys. Um, so I'm standing there, and my thought is, okay, stay on your feet. That way you can tell whether or not you're getting a little woozy and start doing math. Like, two plus two is four. Three plus two is five. You know, <laughs> four plus one is six. Whatever. You know, like, I'm, I screwed that up. Eight um, plus eight is 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to die. <laughs> my, my thought is use that as a metric to see if I'm going into shock or if I'm having some sort of an issue. I would have been on the floor in shock in the other building. <laughs> that would have been it. They would have found me three days later. Why didn't Travis ever come back with that savage ride? The guy's still sitting there waiting. He's like, I'm missing the box. Oh, no, there's no, let me get to the end of the story, okay? So uh, I'm standing there, and one of the girls finally calls 911, and the, you know, I'm like, oh, my, okay, this is not how I wanted my Saturday morning to go, but all right, no big deal. I'm going to get in an ambulance. I'm going to go down here. I'm going to get a couple stitches, and life's going to be grand. So I'm standing there, <clears throat> and you can hear every siren in town light up because evidently the call that went out was uh, the shop I'm at has been robbed, and somebody's been shot in the face. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm like, <laughs> okay. And in like the doors just like fling open, and in walks this woman – I'm sure she's, you know, panicking more than I was at that point. And she, sit down, sit down right now. And I'm like, I'm not talking to you. I'm calmer than you are, and I have a fucking hole in my neck. <laughs> like, calm down. And literally, I got lucky in the sense that right after she started, like, pushing on me to try to get me to sit down, and, you know, because she walked into an active shooting as far as she was concerned. Nice. Um, I saw one of my paramedic buddies, one of my firefighter buddies come in and I was like, yo, Tom. And he goes, I got you. And he sits down and he goes, I want you to sit down, man. And I go, no, I want to stand. He goes, you're squeezing too hard. Like your head's turning red. Like you got And I was like, all right, all right, all right. He goes, okay, I'm going to take your hand away. And when I do, I'm, I'm going to put my hand there just so I can see what we're dealing with. I was like, okay. And keep in mind in my head. Saturday shit now, but I'm just going to go to the hospital for a couple of hours and come right back. So I take my hand away and he goes, and his eyes get big and he goes, get life flight in the air right now. And I'm like, life flight. What the, wait a second. Whoa. What are we? And he's like, Tim, you're shot in the neck, man. And you're bleeding pretty good. So, uh, we're not going to take any chances. Everything's going to be fine, man, but you're going to be okay. And like, my brain immediately goes, 
somebody help me take my boots off. <laughs> and I'm taking my wallet out. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want them to cut up these pants. Somebody help me get these pants off. Because I know they're cutting everything off of me before they stick me in the helicopter. I don't have any money to buy any more pants. <laughs> but I'm not kidding. I'm literally throwing my stuff. I'm taking everything off of me. And I'm throwing it up on the counter to one of the girls. I'm like, yo, watch that stuff for me. And um, they put me on the, the board. They do all the things. Take me literally one block down the street to an intersection where they've landed a helicopter. And I'm in my underwear. And now I'm in the middle of a damn four-way intersection. And they're rolling me in my, in my skibbies into the back of this damn... A mile from the, from the hospital, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to point out that their closest hospital, they could have made a left and we'd already been there. But they didn't do that. No. They went... Let's put him on a helicopter. He's going to the trauma room up at Shands. Oh, that's why. And I'm like... <laughs> they didn't trust the Ocala Hospital to handle it. And, and keep in mind now, the level of like recognition of what's going on continues to build just a little bit more. So like at first, you're just like, oh, I'm injured. I got to go to the hospital. And then it's, uh-oh, everybody's taking this shit really serious. Uh-oh, I'm getting on a helicopter, going to a trauma room? Like, it just keeps getting worse and worse. <clears throat> get in the helicopter, and I'm all strapped down, got me in the Keds device, laying there in my underwear, you know, big gauze. Wait, hold on. So did you tell it to him last night? No, no I went. Oh, so okay, cool. Like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. I thought Dylan's heard this story. No. Oh, this makes Why it better then. Like... This makes it so much better. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. kind of, uh, I, when he said, what? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're good. I, we got Dude, at least 20 minutes. Dude, he's told story to everyone. Not everyone. Except oh, you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Way to make me feel great. And <laughs> I feel horrible now. No, so not. I, oh my. Okay, now wrap I'm the story up. You're okay. life-flighted to Shans. Okay, so they stick me in the helicopter. I'm all strapped down. I can't move, okay? And we go to take off. <clears throat> the guy leans over and he goes, hey, bud, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. But I need you to understand, this is the first flight of this helicopter, so do not throw up. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He goes, if you're going to throw up. Let me know, because I can give you something to make you not throw up. And I'm thinking, all right, priorities, got it. I'm shot. You're worried about cleaning up puke. Like, so my brain is like in two different directions. Like I'm thinking about that. Take off, we're flying, and I'm laying there. And there's that moment of like, boy, things really took a turn here. Things are different. Like this is not how I thought my Saturday was going to go. Um, and uh, we're, we're flying along, and I, I start having that moment of like, okay, is everything going to be okay? We good, dude? Like, everything good? And I start getting cold. And I mean cold. Like, and I'm, I'm like, I can't believe this. Go towards the light. Starting to <laughs> shake a little, you know, like just from being cold. And I'm like, this is just like the freaking movies i can't believe this like this is unbelievable and now i'm starting to question all my choices in life have i done everything right you know and how did i end up in ocala florida like this is where i'm dying this like, is how i go like this is, this is unbelievably pathetic you know and i'm starting to question everything and the dude leans over and goes hey dude uh if you get cold let me know i'll give you a blanket i'd turn the ac on like, you motherfucker. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> so I'm laying there. And I keep in mind, I got a little window, and I can see the rotors flashing by. And we're you know, flying along. And then out of nowhere, dude, 
I see dirt where there was sky. And I'm like, whoa, and you can feel the helicopter like banking like crazy. Jesus. And uh, he goes, hey, man, you all right? And I go, yeah. Well, what's going on? He goes, we almost hit a flock of birds, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, unstrap me right now. I want to fly. This, I'm not going out that way. So we come burning in, landing at Shans. We're up on top of the building. And the thing that they don't prepare you for is when they go to take you out. And I didn't notice it going in. I don't know if it's because the, the helicopter was warmed up or whatever. But when they take you out, that jet wash coming off that turbine, hot. I mean, hot, like almost like, mm, I can smell burned hair and I'm naked. <laughs> so <laughs> um, they put me in the elevator and there's all the people from the helicopter. And you guys remember um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah. The Brad Pitt. And I know the movie. Joe. I couldn't tell you yeah. the plot line okay. at all. There's a scene in there where they get in the elevator and they're going from floor to floor in the middle of a gunfight. Well, I do remember that. Okay. Now. Well, the song that's playing in that elevator is Girl from Ipanema, which is elevator music, right? And we get in and the door's shut and I hear. <laughs> and everyone's like, just sitting quiet, just waiting. This is unbelievable. <laughs> like everything about this is surreal. Nothing is whatever. And um, the medic on the flight leans over and he goes, hey, man, look, you need to understand something. When we get down to the trauma room, there's going to be 20 people touching you. Every one of them has a job to do. Let them do their job. Okay? I'm like, no problem. Do, do you think I'm going to end up like with a catheter or something? And he goes, uh, yeah, probably. You've been shot in the neck. You're probably going to go into surgery, man. So, yeah, you probably. He goes, do you have a problem with that? And I was like, well, I mean, if I could avoid it, that'd be awesome. He goes, <laughs> Make sure you tell them that when you get down there. And I, was, I took that as like, oh, that's helpful advice. You have a choice. <laughs> no, he's screwing with me, right? He's like, yeah, okay, buddy, whatever. And just like he said, they rolled me in, and it was quiet, okay? They rolled me into the room, and then, like vultures, man, these people, like, attacked me. Like, I literally felt people pulling on every single thing, and it's like the TV shows, you know? All right, blah, 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 blah. you know, like all this like jargons going on, and I'm laying there, I can't move, strapped down, and I see this doctor walk over, and he's got like this stainless steel probe, and gunshot wound to the neck, and, blah, 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 blah. and he pulls the gauze away, and at that point, like I'm like I, I still feel the pressure, I still feel like hey, I've been injured. And he takes that probe and he sticks it in my neck. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and instantly I can feel the blood like, like roll down my neck. And he goes, prep an OR. I need to, and I'm like, I can was I, fine can, up until that point. Yeah, literally, it's exactly Can I not I have felt. a catheter, please? <laughs> and that's what I did. Like, I, I was fell like, asleep. oh, okay, gosh. And, and they're like, prep an OR. And I went, can I not have a catheter? And everybody stepped back a half a step. Like, you're still conscious? And I'm like, yeah, I have been the whole time. <laughs> I, I've been here the whole time, guys. And they're like, uh, okay. And they get back to work. And then, like, out of nowhere, I hear this doctor off in the corner go, uh, uh, do we really need to cut him up? And, like, then there's a conversation. And then the next thing I know, I'm stable. Like, so no immediate threat. They roll me off into some CAT scan machine. They roll me up to a room. Like, it went from 100 to 10. Like, the, the, the stress, the, the commotion, everything. Now I'm up in my room, and I've got garden hoses stuck in my arm because they had prepped me to go into surgery. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm I'm literally laying there in the uh, in the in the bed, and no one's around. Like literally, I got dumped in a room, and I'm like, "What happened? Like, what's going on here?" You know. And this doctor walked in, and then when I say doctor, I mean like he's got a coat, he's got a stethoscope, he's got a little badge, and then he opened his mouth and he goes, "Brah, you're going on the miracle board." And I was like, "Miracle board? What's that?" And he goes, "Do you work out, man?" You like work out your neck, and he's talking like some surfer hippie dude, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm 98 pounds soaking wet. Like at best, I got belly fat. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't, I'm not hulked up." And he's like, "It's amazing, man. Absolute miracle. Absolute miracle. You got a chunk of bullet in you, bro." He goes, "There's three things in your neck, and there's a couple of veins, a nerve bundle, and it went and it parked right in the middle of all of them." And I was like, "And." He goes, well, it's up to you. We can either release you or we can go to surgery and have it taken out. And I was like, I can leave? And he was like, yeah, we're going to watch you for an hour or two just to make sure, but we'll get you a Band-Aid and uh, get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take that option. Now, keep in mind. So you still have the bullet. Oh, I still have a, yeah, I still got a fragment so, in there. It's about the size of a dime. You know Tim's phrase, uh, how are you doing? He's like, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah. The reason he says that is because of that story right there. He hasn't died from a bullet. Hold on. I want to I wanna back <laughs> up just a little bit. There's a misunderstanding there. I've been Please saying... Please nobody test that. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, I've been saying 10 foot tall and bulletproof since the... I can't remember when, okay? My son at that time was probably five or six, okay? So we were talking. Like, it, he'd get in the truck. I'd take him to school... Hey, Dad, love you. Love you too, bud. How you doing? Ten foot tall and bulletproof. That was always, like, the catchphrase, right? So keep in mind now, I didn't call my wife when I got shot in the neck. Somebody else called my wife. So what do you think they told her? Tim was shot in the neck. Hey, Tim was shot in the neck, and he's been life-flighted to Shan's trauma center. So she's losing her shit. Take that with the least literal reaction. Well, Well, like, here's the kicker, okay? At no point in time, when you hear that sentence, do you go, I would think it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like, there, you know, like, gunshot wound to the neck does not usually end in, let's go get steak and shake in a half an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is exactly where I ended up in a bloody t-shirt. <laughs> so It's right um, there, not far from chance. No, it's literally right down the yeah. street. So um, the reason why the 10-foot tall and bulletproof thing is important here is because I've been saying that to my kid. For his entire life, my wife finally shows up at the trauma room, which, by the way, I don't exist. Evidently, when you're admitted to a hospital under gunshot wound, John Doe, you are. Yeah, I was uh, trauma hamper. That was how my that was my name. And the idea is so that if you don't die, the gang members won't come to the hospital to find you and kill you. <laughs> like I did not know that was an even a uh, problem, but. It is. Interesting. Yeah, so she gets to the hospital. I'm here for my husband, Tim. Sorry, we got nobody alive by that name. And I'm like, phrasing? You dumb bitches, can you say it another way? (laughs) So in walks the wife, in walks the kid, in walks coworkers, all this stuff. And, of course, I'm still laying there in my underwear with hoses in my arms. And I noticed the wife... Obviously, comes over, bawling her eyes out, losing her stuff. And I see the kid over at the edge of the room. And he ends up, like, 
you know, hanging out with one of my coworkers or whatever, and all the conversation that's going on, what happened, how you doing, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, he wouldn't come over to me. And I understand why in retrospect. I mean, like, I'm... Scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm hooked up to machines. I've got all this, literally still got blood all over my shirt and everything. So, like, it was bothersome to him. And then life calms down a little bit. And now we're kind of like, there's, you can see the humor in this. Like, <laughs> who would have thought this was be our Saturday? That kind of stuff, you know? And then out of nowhere, I hear my kid go, dead. I'm like, yeah, bud, what's going on, man? You all right? And he goes, you're not bulletproof anymore. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I damn near started crying at that moment. because I was You kind of like, were because you didn't die from it. I, well, I, that's kind of where I'm like, actually, empirical evidence suggests otherwise. <laughs> suggests that I still am. So, uh, yeah, got a Band-Aid, got a milkshake. Literally, um, call it, you know, 1 o'clock. That happened at 9. So all of that takes place over the course of three or four hours. And I still have, oh, okay, we do jujitsu, right? You know what it's like to get choked with a gi. Mm -hmm. You get that thing up on there real good and tight. Yep. Occasionally, man, occasionally, somebody will go in with cross-collar. And they'll hit that thumb right on that corner, and it's like I get tased in the neck. I'm like, I'm tapped. You win. <laughs> I can imagine your reaction. Oh, and that's exactly it, because it's like everything's fine. I got no problems. And then occasionally somebody will just push on it the right way. And I don't know if it's because of the jagged edges or whatever, but it'll, like, push. And I'll be like, mm. like, and I'll – tap and be like and of course i go they're like are you all right you're all right and i'm like yeah just the bullet fragment in my neck must have what <laughs> and you bullet. just let them wonder yeah. yeah oh yeah i never finished that story <laughs> with them Jeez. yeah he's og gangster no i'm a moron <laughs> who got shot <laughs> from dealing with jimbo's yeah. trap that he built in his backyard oh, and in the here's forest. the kicker as i'm being rolled out of the shop there He's standing there's like, where's my gun? Am I going to get to finish hunting today or not, man? I'm like, your gun's fine, buddy. <laughs> Everything's good. Uh, it's over there laying on the floor. No mm -hmm. problem. Somebody go get it. Yeah. So, yeah, good I got story. shot. Yep. That's and that's our time. That is our time. I really took up the entire... You took up... Well, we talked for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your story took... Okay. You're a good storyteller. So in the future, we'll also tell stories. And then uh, we have questions that we are going to get to today that you guys ask. So yeah. we are going to dedicate next podcast to all of those questions and no story time. No story time. No story time. Uh, all okay, questions. Okay, cool. I'm sleeping in that day. No, because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get to help happen. answer a lot of them. But it's like uh, functionality things and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like common questions. And we won't get through all of them, but. We'll hit a majority of them next podcast, I yeah. think. And then after that, we'll intermingle story time and a question or two. So if you have questions that you haven't already sent into customer service, put them in the comments or send them into customer service and let Dylan just like just ride through them a little bit more because he doesn't already get enough customer service emails. Yeah. It's seriously wild how many emails I walk into each morning. It's like, how did that grow like another, you know, zero because we're growing that's why <laughs> yeah so it's, uh, thank you, you know, guys thanks a guys. lot appreciate yeah. it keep buying please um and if you're hearing this uh merry christmas because it's in a couple days and we'll oh, see you really yeah. after christmas yeah. but before the oh, new yeah. year oh yeah yeah all right see you guys next time <laughs>